The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Happy Friday. I know you've been waiting for this day since Monday morning. Good morning, I'm Paul Sodic. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, June 10th, 2022, Friday of the 10th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year C, cycle 2. Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary. And our saint today is St. Landericus. He had a great love for the poor and the lowly, and as Bishop of Paris in the latter 7th century, he labored zealously to improve their lot. He erected the city's first real hospital, dedicated to St. Christopher. It in time became the famous Hôtel Dieu. He welcomed the Benedictines into his diocese and encouraged them to set up the Abbey of Denis. In 653, in company with 23 other bishops, he signed the foundation charter granted by King Clovis to the Abbey. St. Landericus died in 661. St. Landericus, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. My Lord and Father, inspire my thoughts, words, and actions, and accompany them with your aid, so that I may undertake all my activities according to your will and out of love for you. I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying for Christian families around the world. May they embody and experience unconditional love and advance in holiness in their daily lives. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and to my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today, Jesus tells us some pretty powerful words that, upon hearing them, well, we may be tempted to think that they're a bit of an exaggeration and that maybe these things can just be, you know, be applied to people of ancient times or maybe only to Jesus himself. It's from Matthew 5. He says, But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. Just one look. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. Just one look, that's all it took. Eh? That, that was a famous hit song in 1963, written by these two American R&B singers, Doris Troy and Gregory Carroll. And then later on, other great singers like Linda Ronstadt and Anne Marie, they all made it very, very popular. It was really at the top of the charts. Just one look. It was even used in commercials in the Super Bowl. So the Lord is suggesting something about our look, 
our gaze, how we look at others. Lord, I want to understand what you mean here. It seems that the way we look at someone expresses our deeper intention, our deepest desires. So Jesus says this to us in the section where he's speaking about adultery. He reminded his disciples of the old law, how it prohibited adultery, but in the new law, there's like a push to integrity, to authenticity, to greater interior and exterior coherence. Just looking at someone lustfully is already a form of adultery because you can't really hide anything from God, even our looks. Perhaps many hearing this have gotten used to accepting this, this dichotomy between how they appear properly exteriorly, but inwardly it's as though they hide a great secret. So they may think that our Lord's injunction here seems to be something that is truly impossible to live. But we know, ultimately, that we were created in the image of God. Like a painter, he looked at his only son, and then he painted each one of us, made us from the start to participate in the intimate life of the Blessed Trinity. We are called to this integration of body and soul. We're not just a body, and not just a soul. We are not a soul floating around. We are really one thing. You could say we are an ensouled body. And that can only happen with human beings. So we are really called to this harmony, this balance between soul and body, the integration of the two. Now, done most beautifully and most uniquely It was done with the Blessed Virgin Mary. She had a beautiful body. She had a beautiful soul. She was never stained by sin, neither original sin nor personal sin. And Jesus had prepared her her for that in his redemptive plan. She too had to be redeemed, but it was done by mode of preventing rather than by reestablishing a broken order. For us to bring about that order, that redemptive plan of Christ, well, we need the virtue of holy purity or chastity beautiful passage here from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2332. It says, sexuality affects all aspects of the human person in the unity of his body and soul. And it especially concerns affectivity, this capacity to love and to procreate. And in a general way, the aptitude of forming bonds of communion with others. And then The Catechism insists on the strength, the harmony, the stability that we are called with which to live this this virtue. It says, chastity means the integration of sexuality in the person, and therefore in the interior unity of man, in his bodily and spiritual being. So chastity brings about this beautiful inner harmony. That's an inner harmony that is directed towards, towards God. And when Pope John Paul II was in Poland in 1999, he said that it is by uniting himself to Christ, particularly in the sacraments, that man experiences this triumph of grace in the faculties of his nature. He says his mind is enlightened, his heart is purified, and his freedom is renewed. And yet in our intellect, we have this sometimes this dullness and this darkness left by the fall, but they are healed by the gift of faith, so that now we can share like in the mind of Christ. 
with all that surrounds us today, you know, with all the gadgets and the imagery and the advertising and the constant barrage of intimidation, even the titillation of the mind, but we can grow weak. We can go kind of dissipated, bland, lackluster, slow, dilatory. We become kind of sluggish in embracing the real good as though our mind were in a kind of sensual fog. In our will, grace triumphs through, ultimately through the freedom of love. This is what the Lord is asking. When you say yes to Christ, to his call for purity and for chastity, this is not some harsh, demeaning, or strenuous shackling of our, of our senses. The yes to Christ is like the pirouette of an athlete. Or imagine a figure skater who throws herself into the air gracefully. And we look at that and we think, I could never throw myself into a triple loop and then glide safely onto the ice. No, well, okay, no. But those figure skaters have been training, have been practicing, and they probably have had many falls along the way. But with that training, with that encouragement of the coach, with daring and fortitude, well, they can do it, and they do it spectacularly sometimes. They know the technique, and they imagine themselves ahead of the time of landing and smiling with their arms extended like, like literally like the wings of an angel. And you notice how the crowd is silent as the skater moves around the rink and then winds up. And then at the moment they land gracefully after a triple loop, the crowd applauds and cheers. And often the cameras get shots of the judges you know, taking dutiful note of what they've just seen. You know, when I was young, there was a Canadian figure skater by the name of Toller Cranston. And he was very popular for his inventive choreography, his cool, elaborate costumes. But at one point, apparently, he was diagnosed with some sort of inflammatory disease in the knees. But nevertheless, he kept at it. It kind of limited him, but he had these incredible moves that just amazed us. Right? And he had all these incredible changes of position. Sometimes they seem to really, you know, defy gravity. Well, Jesus, you don't want us to defy gravity, of course, but you are asking us to fight and to ask for holy purity because it really is a triumphant affirmation of love. And therefore, it is a joyful affirmation. Why is it joyful? Because we affirm our authentic love. It gives strength to the soul, and we could say a kind of lightness to the flesh so that our hearts can soar to God. It is a source of hope right, for Christians living in the world today. And people know that their souls are really, really worth something when they fight, when they aspire to live in a manner worthy of their calling. But remember that purity is really a gift of God, and we should really ask for it a lot and not be afraid to live it out with integrity. The devil will tell us, no, 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 it's impossible, don't listen, you, know, don't, you can't do it. So we don't, don't listen to the devil. He is, after all, the father of lies. So anything he says to us just cannot be trusted. It is absolutely possible to conquer. St. Augustine himself had fallen into despair because of his sins against purity. He thought it was impossible to live chastity. But he discovered and taught later that victory here is always possible once we learn how to pray and to fight. And so... One of the prayers we can do is go to Our Lady. 
she is really, really one of the most powerful intercessors for this. In the Forge by Saint Josemaria, it says, uh, it speaks about the danger of shipwrecks. He says, when you see the storm coming, if you seek safety in the firm refuge, which is Mary, there will be no danger of wavering or going down. Santa Maria, Stella Maris, Holy Mary, Star of the Sea, be our guide. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 16 minutes past the hour, and this is Daybreak. It's Friday, June 10th, 2022, Friday of the 10th week in Ordinary Time. I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The liturgical day begins now as we join the entire church in prayer. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and and my my mouth will proclaim your praise. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving, and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth, and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him, the dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come then, let us bow down and worship, Bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God and we are His people. The flock He shepherds. Come let us praise the Lord. In whom is all our delight. Today listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me, although they had seen all of my works. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Forty years I endured that generation, 
I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Do not punish me. Lord, in, in your, your anger, anger do, do not punish me. O oh Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not punish me, Lord, in your rage. Your arrows have sunk deep in me. Your hand has come down upon me. Through your anger, all my body is sick. Through my sin, there is no health in my limbs. My guilt towers higher than my head. It is a weight too heavy to bear. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, Lord, in in your your anger, anger, do do not punish me. Lord, you know all my longings. Lord, you know all my longings. My wounds are foul and festering, the result of my own folly. I am bowed and brought to my knees. I go mourning all the day long. All my frame burns with fever. All my body is sick, spent, and utterly crushed. I cry aloud in anguish of heart. 
O oh Lord, you know all my longing. My groans are not hidden from you. My heart throbs. My strength is spent. The very light has gone from my eyes. My friends avoid me like a leper. Those closest to me stand afar off. Those who plot against my life lay snares. Those who seek my ruin speak of harm, planning treachery all the day long. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it, as it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is, is now, now and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, you know all my longings. I confess my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for you are my Savior. I confess, I confess my, my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon, abandon me, for, for you are my Savior. But I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the dumb unable to speak. I am like a man who hears nothing, in whose mouth is no defense. I count on you, O Lord. It is you, Lord God, who will answer. I pray. Do not let them mock me, those who triumph, if my foot should slip. For I am on the point of falling, and my pain is always before me. I confess that I am guilty, and my sin fills me with dismay. My wanton enemies are numberless, and my lying foes are many. They repay me evil for good, and attack me for seeking what is right. O Lord, do not forsake me. My God, do not stay afar off. Make haste and come to my help. O Lord, my God, my Savior. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As, As it, it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, is now and, and will, will be, be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Do not abandon us, Lord our God. You did not forget the broken body of your Christ, nor the mockery his love received. We, your children, are weighed down with sin. Give us the fullness of your mercy. I, I confess, confess my, my guilt to you, Lord. Do not, not abandon me, for, for you are my Savior. My eyes keep watch for your saving help, awaiting the word that will justify me. A reading from the book of Joshua. Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that in the capture and destruction of Ai, Joshua had done to that city and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king. He heard also that the inhabitants of Gibeon had made their peace with Israel, remaining among them, and that there was great fear abroad, because Gibeon was large enough for a royal city, larger even than the city of Ai, and all its men were brave. So Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem, sent for Hoham, king of Hebron, Priam, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Abir, king of Eglon, to come to his aid for an attack on Gibeon, since it had concluded peace with Joshua and the Israelites. The five Amorite kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, 
united all their forces and marched against Gibeon, where they took up siege positions. Thereupon the men of Gibeon sent an appeal to Joshua in his camp at Gilgal. Do not abandon your servants. Come up here quickly and save us. Help us, because all the Amorite kings of the mountain country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his picked troops and the rest of his soldiers. Meanwhile, the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your power. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. And when Joshua made his surprise attack upon them after an all-night march from Gilgal, the Lord threw them into disorder before him. The Israelites inflicted a great slaughter on them at Gibeon and pursued them down the Bethhoron slope, harassing them as far as Azekah and Makedah. While they fled before Israel along the descent from Bethhoron, the Lord hurled great stones from the sky above them all the way to Azekah, killing many. More died from these hailstones than the Israelites slew with the sword. On this day, when the Lord delivered up the Amorites to the Israelites, Joshua prayed to the Lord and said in the presence of Israel, Stand still, O sun, at Gibeon, O moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, while the nation took vengeance on its foes. Is this not recorded in the book of Jasher? The sun halted in the middle of the sky. Not for a whole day did it resume its swift course. Never before or since was there a day like this. When the Lord obeyed the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. As the Lord had commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua, and Joshua acted accordingly. He left nothing undone that the Lord had commanded Moses should be done. So Joshua captured all this land, the mountain regions, the entire Negeb all the land of Goshen, the foothills, the Arabah, as well as the mountain regions and foothills of Israel, from Mount Halak that rises towards Seir, as far as Baal God in the Lebanon Valley at the foot of Mount Hermon. All their kings he captured and put to death. The word of the Lord. I shall gather them together from foreign lands and lead them back to their own country, and they they will will graze where streams of water flow, and in every inhabited place in the land. I myself shall pasture my sheep, and I myself shall give them rest. And they will graze where streams of water flow, and in every inhabited place in the land. A reading from the Explanations of the Psalms by St. Ambrose, Bishop. Though all Scripture is fragrant with God's grace, the book of Psalms has a special attractiveness. Moses wrote the history of Israel's forefathers in prose, but after leading the people through the Red Sea, a wonder that remained in their memory, 
he broke into a song of triumph in praise of God when he saw King Pharaoh drowned along with his forces. His genius soared to a higher level to match an accomplishment beyond his own powers. Miriam, too, raised her timbrel and sang encouragement for the rest of the women, saying, Let us sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has cast horse and rider into the sea. In the book of Psalms, there is profit for all, with healing power for our salvation. There is instruction from history, teaching from the law, prediction from prophecy, chastisement from denunciation, persuasion from moral preaching. All who read it may find the cure for their own individual failings. All with eyes to see can discover in it a complete gymnasium for the soul, a stadium for all the virtues, equipped with every kind of exercise. It is for each to choose the kind he judges best to help him gain the prize. If you wish to read and imitate the deeds of the past, you will find the whole history of the Israelites in a single psalm. In one short reading, you can amass a treasure for the memory. If you want to study the power of the law, which is summed up in the bond of charity, whoever loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. You may read in the Psalms of the great love with which one man faced serious dangers single-handedly in order to remove the shame of the whole people. You will find the glory of charity more than a match for the parade of power. What am I to say of the grace of prophecy? We see that what others hinted at in riddles was promised openly and clearly to the psalmist alone. The Lord Jesus was to be born of his seed, according to the word of the Lord. I will place upon your throne one who is the fruit of your flesh. In the Psalms, then, not only is Jesus born for us, he also undergoes his saving passion in his body. He lies in death. He rises again. He ascends into heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father. What no man would have dared to say was foretold by the psalmist alone, and afterward proclaimed by the Lord himself in the gospel. My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will, I will sing, sing a, a psalm, psalm to you. Awake, lyre and harp, and I shall awake the dawn. I will I sing, sing a, a psalm, psalm to you. Let us pray. O God, from whom all good things come, grant that we who call on you in our need may at your prompting discern what is right, and by your guidance do it, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. 23 minutes before the hour, and today's gospel is coming right up. In conversation with God and morning prayer, follow on daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Friday of the 10th week in Ordinary Time, June 10th, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord reminds us that the sin of adultery begins in the heart. It's from the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, 
that everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, makes her an adulteress. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Well, there's more to the Ninth Commandment than meets the eye. It's about purity of heart and purity of soul. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 3, Ordinary Time. By the Ninth Commandment, not only does God ask that we avoid unchaste thoughts and desires, but also that we guard our heart, defending it against what makes true love impossible. To keep our soul clean entails guarding our own integrity and affections, being prudent so that we do not squander tenderness where and when we ought not to. It means accepting fully at every moment the consequences of our vocation and state in life. Those who have been called to marriage must guard and give their heart only to their spouse, as much at the beginning of their married life as at the end. To do so, they must constantly control their heart, not letting it become enmeshed in real or imaginary compensations. Married people mustn't forget that the secret of married happiness lies in everyday coming home in the evening, in affectionate relations with their children, in everyday work in which the whole family cooperates, in good humor in the face of difficulties that should be met with a sporting spirit, in making the best use of all the advances that civilization offers to help us bring up children. It lies in making the house pleasant and life more simple. Those from whom God has asked their whole heart, not wishing it to be shared with any other, have even higher reasons for keeping their soul clean and free of attachments. How awfully deceitful it would be to allow the heart to become entangled in small attachments which would choke as thorns did the seed sown by the sower, the infinite love of God, who has called us from all eternity. Do you think, asks St. Jerome, that you have reached the height of virtue because you have offered a part of the whole? God wants you to be a living host, one pleasing to himself. And God always gives his grace to keep the heart intact, to keep it for him alone and for all souls through him, to keep it without compensations, free of the threads or chains which would prevent it from reaching the heights to which it is called. Courage is needed to cut away what binds a person down or to rectify a misdirected affection. To guard our heart, we must first guard our love, because if we are lacking in human love and are lukewarm in our friendship with God, it will be easy for unruly desires and compensations to enter our soul. The heart was made to love, 
and will not be satisfied with what is dry and loathsome. Let us examine our hearts and see what care we put into those times which are dedicated especially to God. Holy Communion, visits to the Blessed Sacrament, moments set aside for prayer during the day and before bedtime. Let us see if our relationship with Jesus is a really personal one such as it should be between friends. Let us be sure to avoid routine and half-heartedness in this friendship. Let us direct the affections of our heart in accord with the wishes of God, rejecting promptly any thoughts which might cloud or twist our relationship with God. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Fifteen minutes before the hour, let's pray with the whole church now. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. A humble, contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. A humble, contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness, in your compassion, Blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born, a sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart, then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight, burnt offering from me, you would refuse my sacrifice a contrite spirit a humbled contrite heart you will not spurn in your goodness show favor to Zion rebuild the walls of Jerusalem then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice holocaust offered on your altar 
Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, he who knew no sin was made sin for us, to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit and heal our troubled conscience so that in joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. A humble, contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. O Lord, I have heard your renown and feared, O Lord, your work. In the course of the years, revive it. In the course of the years, make it known. In your wrath, remember compassion. God comes from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. Covered are the heavens with his glory, and with his praise the earth is filled. His splendor spreads like the light. Rays shine forth from beside him, where his power is concealed. You come forth to save your people, to save your anointed one. You tread the sea with your steeds amid the churning of the deep waters. I hear, and my body trembles. At the sound, my lips quiver. Decay invades my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. I await the day of distress that will come upon the people who attack us. For though the fig tree blossom not, nor fruit be on the vines... Though the yield of the olive fail and the terraces produce no nourishment, though the flocks disappear from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord and exalt in my saving God. God, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet swift as those of hinds and enables me to go upon the height. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Even in your anger, Lord, you You will will remember remember compassion. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem! O praise the Lord, Jerusalem! O praise the Lord, Jerusalem! Zion, praise your God! He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed the children within you. He established peace on your borders. He feeds you with the finest wheat. He sends out his word to the earth and swiftly runs his command. He showers down snow, white as wool. He scatters hoarfrost like ashes. He hurls down hailstones like crumbs. The waters are frozen at his touch. He sends forth his word and it melts them. At the breath of his mouth the waters flow. He makes his word known to Jacob, 
to Israel his laws and decrees. He has not dealt thus with other nations. He has not taught them his decrees. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, you established peace within the borders of Jerusalem. Give the fullness of peace now to your faithful people. May peace rule us in this life and possess us in eternal life. You are about to fill us with the best of wheat. Grant that what we see dimly now as in a mirror, we may come to perceive clearly in the brightness of your truth. O oh, oh, praise, praise the, the Lord, Lord Jerusalem. Jerusalem! A reading from the letter to the Ephesians. Now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near through the blood of Christ. It is he who is our peace and who made the two of us one by breaking down the barrier of hostility that kept us apart. In his own flesh he abolished the law with its commands and precepts to create in himself one new man from us who had been two and to make peace, reconciling both of us to God in one body through his cross which put that enmity to death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord the Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. The Lord the the Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. May he send his strength to rescue me. In need I shall cry out to him. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. The Lord the Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. Through the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. 
Amen. Amen. Through the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Let us pray. Let us adore Christ who offered himself to the Father through the Holy Spirit to cleanse us from the works of death. Let us adore him and call upon him with sincere hearts. In your will is our peace, Lord. In your will is our peace, Lord. From your generosity we have received the beginning of this day. Grant us also the beginning of new life. In In your your will is our peace, Lord. You created all things, and now you provide for their growth. May we always perceive your handiwork in creation. In In your will is our peace, Lord. With your own blood, you ratified the new and eternal covenant. May we remain faithful to that covenant by following your precepts. In In your your will is is our peace, Lord. On the cross, blood and water flowed from your side. May this saving stream wash away our sins and gladden the city of God. In your will is our peace, Lord. Let us make our prayers and praise complete by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All-powerful Father, as now we bring you our songs of praise, so may we sing your goodness in the company of your saints forever. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. And in this month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, please continue to pray for an increase in the virtues of humility and holy purity to strengthen family life and marriage. Morning Air is coming up with John and Glenn in just a few minutes. Patrick Madrid a bit later on this morning. I'm Paul Sadek. Let's do it again tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. In the meantime, you go out and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio.